This is the Admentum Podcast Mini, where we cover targeted topics you care about. This series is all about reflection and how our summer plans can pave the way for positive impacts in the fall. I'm your host, David Cicero. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to summer. If there was a word that described the past 12 months in our personal lives and our professional lives as educators, I think that that word would be change. From the way we walk into a grocery store, all the way to how we set new expectations for students, a lot has changed. Some of these changes require very little in the way of prep and execution, throw a mask on, stand six feet apart. But changes that affect whole communities can be a bit daunting. The impact is so great and there are so many moving parts that it's good to have some tried and true direction or guidelines on where to begin and where to go from there. When I think community and culture change, today's guest pops in my mind, Daryl Vavracek. He's a friend of mine and a colleague here at Edmentum who has spent over 20 years impacting education in a positive way as a classroom teacher, administrator, curriculum coordinator, you name it. But most recently, change management consultant. Today, he's going to introduce us to a bit of change management and ways we can develop related skills this summer. How's it going, Daryl? How are you? David, I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. What a, what a lovely little intro. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on. So I've got my first question for you ready to go. As a school leader who is getting ready to approach change in their school and community and culture, what would you suggest would be those first two entry points? Where where would I begin? Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're thinking about the, the current temperature of your building or your district, right, or your community, it's where, where are you at in acceptance to change and, and, and growth? Um, so that's, I guess, to me, if we were to pick two, it really would be, first and foremost, that vision spot. Where, where are we at culturally? What's our rock we're, we're leaning on? What do we, what do we reference um, anytime we're, we're looking at adjusting or, or changing? I can elaborate on that a little bit. Um, the other is, is change agents, right? So if we have two, two main themes for that first question out of the gate, one is certainly thinking about who can help facilitate change. Um, you know, in, in the theme of reflection, it, this summer might be a good spot to really think through how, how do I feel about our current school culture? And it was interesting, David, one, one thing I heard, I think it was, I think it was John Deere. They did a, um, an ad campaign recently that I, that I came across and I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase, but what was really interesting, what they said was John Deere isn't necessarily worried about going back to the normal that was right. They've been, evolving and tinkering and adjusting all along. And so this, this reaction to a pandemic or the, the, the adjustment to change um, isn't all that big a deal to them. And I was like, huh. And, I, and you and I do tons of conversations all across the globe. And I, I wondered, you know, that really had a spot where schools that have always embraced, or to your point, had a, or to your question, a culture, right, around thinking and changing and, and evolving and really what's new, what's next, 
what's hip happening and wow, right? Like trying new things and not being afraid for that. I don't find them longing for that. Oh, back to back, back in the fall. I want to be back to normal, right? Like they aren't necessarily using that term. So I think it's a spot where really taking that temperature of how open your school has been to culture and change in the last year, five years, 10 years, and then where to go from there. So let me make sure I've, I've, I've understood what you said so far. So, so John mm-hmm. Deere to, to, to schools that, that, that you've worked with, when we think about organizations that have had sort of a, a, a culture of change or a, a culture of tinkering, experimenting and yeah. trying new things just as the norm, they're a lot less likely to be heavily impacted by, you know, what has happened this last year. And, you know, they're, they, they may not be, you know, super nervous about moving forward. I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. And where and how that culture was instituted, I think is where we can hang our hat on a little bit of change management strategy. So secondary to that, your, your other part, cause you asked like maybe for two entry points, the second piece would be, the who, right? So that what, what are we doing? Why are we here? The, the who can be part of that. So champions, change agents, team, however you want to think about it, influencers. You know, if, if I'm in a school administrator and I'm listening to this, I might take a second and think about who my movers and shakers are in the building and reflect historically where it's been successful leveraging them as change agents and not to get too deep into decision architecture and really allowing um, options for those influencers or the coalition piece, but really thinking about who, who can I leverage as a resource, school leaderships, all up superintendents, making sure everybody's referring back to that standard mission and vision and thinking about who can be supportive in that movement. And then, you know, when you think about COT and coalition work um, and his, his eight steps to change management, in there, that coalition, you're really looking for a variety of stakeholders that can help, right? The outspoken, the doers, the, um, the leaders, but also those ones that lead by silent, um, you know, action where they're, they're, they're going out, they're putting in the work, and everybody knows that that's the exemplar. If you could do as good as Mr. Cicero, you're, you're doing it right, right, kind <laughs> of thing. So you're setting that bar somewhere, too. And that's where you can put in decision-making options, which, I mean, how far down that change management rabbit hole we have time for, it's, it's hard to say. But definitely putting the right people in the right spots, um, could really help adjust then that culture for change. So, so as a part of that, as a part of that, that vision, which was one of those first entry points you mentioned, would, would that vision as written or as agreed upon, you know, would that, would that imply this idea that, that we're going to adopt this culture, some type of culture of change that we want to be constantly evolving and changing? Would, would that be included in sort of a rewritten vision? Mm -hmm. So if, if we take commercial marketing, right, there's, there's ways or things that get ingrained in us. We all know the McDonald's type of deal, right? Like that's in there. And that's because of repetition. And that's because of familiarity and simplicity. So when we think about culture in a school, 
Yes, we can have our mission and vision and have those deep sentence long things where we're going to strive to do da 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 da. But what what I've seen successful with schools where they boil it down, it's often two or three words, right? Or it's a, a, a almost a code. I'm, another good example. Um, I don't know if you've seen The Mandalorian or you've 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 seen that series, but to give an example, the character in it always references it or his actions or the code of conduct, so to speak, as it is the way. It's the Mandalorian way. It's that that boiled down fundamental way that we're going to act and, and do and, and you know build our our decision making around. And schools can do that. And one one easy way is to just put it into a collective we. This is how we do things here at, you know, Wilkins Elementary, right? Which is where I taught fifth grade a long time ago. And it was the Wilkins way, right? The good alliteration, it was easy to say. So marketing, you know, works. But it was that idea of it, everybody could easily buy in. And so when you start thinking about that mission and that vision and that, that, always regardless of the decision, if it's a technology decision or it's a pedagogical decision or it's an administrative decision, that guiding principle gives gives light and it's, it's hard to argue. And so when you think change management and you think influencing, even if you're talking about that, that herd mentality where you're, you get 65% of the group moving in one direction and the laggards will come along that 30, that, that the last of the 35. The goal there is, is everyone's adhering to that singular moment. And so that mission and vision work would really be thinking about where to hang your hat and then that branding a little bit, become a marketer as a school leader. It'll, it'll go far. It is the way. It is the way. It is the way. So, so something strikes me, um, you know, as, uh, as I think about, um, what you've, what, what you just said, um, the explanation that you just gave, um, it is a part of it is the way, and it you've all you you've often said, you know, something to kind of hang your hat on, and I really want to latch on to that, to that idea. Now we haven't, we haven't really identified, you know, specific visions or specific characteristics of team members. I, I think it's going to be all relative to what you're trying to achieve, relative to your uh, community, the community you serve, relative to the students you serve. Um, maybe student interest, uh, educator interest, staff interest. I mean, you know, we, we can't say that, you know, every vision should look this way, of course. However, what you have said is something we can hang our hat on. Um, it is the way, the way, what is the way? So once we figure out the way, it sounds to me the way you're explaining it is it's something that really becomes embedded in who we are how we behave, how we behave in the classroom or walking to the classroom when we get in our car and where, you know, it sort of becomes a part of us. Now, my first question around that idea is, would you say that that, 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 that would make um, a change initiative more successful if whatever vision we have for, for our school, it's sort of attached to who we are too, right? We kind of live out live out that vision, that it's, it's real for us personally as well. Would you say that, that that's an important characteristic of a, of a vision? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the cliche. You got to walk the walk a little bit too, right? So 
um, in a previous leadership role. We we did work similar to this, where it was identifying our our rocks and 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 leaning on them, and and also that you know treating others with respect. Some of those golden rule pieces, but also it is when when you're just culturally shifting things, it, it's consistency and predictability. And I, I, I often talk about, so the, the Mandalorian has given way, pardon the pun, to uh, work even as a, as a parent. And so lately, <laughs> you'll laugh a little, but it's the idea of we've, we've dubbed it the Vavrachek way, right, at our house. It's, it's this, is, this is just how we do that, or this is what we do in our home and, and how we take care of things. I've used we a lot and it's influencing the littles and four and seven-year-old around, yeah, we do things this way. We tidy up after we're done with our spot at our meal um, and take care of it and put it in the sink so that it can get taken care of magically by dad um, and the dishwasher. But baby steps, David, baby steps, we'll get there. But the idea is that collective we the the psychology is fascinating because it it doesn't feel like you're doing it alone even though you're literally cleaning your spot by yourself taking your bowl over to the sink you're doing it for the collective good and that lightens the burden and it's it's interesting and i don't know the deep psychology past kind of what i'm getting at but when you consistently and predictably talk about those key concepts whatever whatever those might be that that really does bring people along cleaner and faster than than you might expect it's it's, it's interesting yeah it's, it sounds interesting and i and i really I, I really think it falls in line with with what i'm thinking for our, our educator listeners this summer what can we take home with us and act on over the summer that yeah. may not really feel like you know work and prep time and sitting in front of my computer and all that good stuff, but that that is going to sort of behind the scenes help me positively impact mm -hmm. the school that I that I serve, the community that I serve as well. And I th I think that you're really outlining that, right? Um, you you walk the walk. It, it leads me to kind of to this last question: if we have some examples um, or some specifics, you know, some teachers are going to work all summer. A lot probably won't. But those everyday habits uh, that can ultimately kind of help my change management efforts going into the fall. Any any specific examples? Yeah, I mean the the parenting connection; those dots aren't too far apart, right? And and the practice there as a as a school leader or somebody who's looking to influence change and behavior is is to practice being consistent with your language and build that muscle memory. Because then when you're working with your staff or you're modeling behaviors in your building or your district, you're, you have that muscle memory to lean on. You've built your, um, your strategy. There's, there's two reasons to do that. One, like I said, consistency, right? So you're, you're offering that, that clear and present um, constant that people will, again, unconsciously lean into and, and, and feel good about. So you're offering stability. And then the predictability also ends up expediting things. So when a, a year ago, somebody came to you with an issue and you maybe had to muddle through it, where now they're going to come in and they're going to probably know that you're going to lean on that consistent and 
in this case, predictable message, right? That's not how we do it, or this isn't what's best for our learners, or this doesn't move the needle for our digital integration. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna know what's coming in. And when you now have set that standard, going back to my kids, they often, and I've seen it, they'll just take care of it because there's a subtle eye roll and they know what my answer is going to be. And they've already, you know, so now we've expedited and we've moved further in the, in the relationship that way. So predictability and consistency can be practiced in all the time. And then again, implemented in that, in that situation. Yeah. There's a I, lot I, more I, to it. I know we're <laughs> simplifying, but it's, it, it's certainly a spot to at least start. No, it's perfect. And it's it's a place that I can start. I mean, and any any parent can start and, and any body can start that if you know, if you don't have children with your social group, with your friends. I mean, look, how many times have I told my son to not slide down the stairs sternly, but at the same <laughs> time he know he sees my demeanor and he he probably he he probably understands that I do think it's kind of cool actually. And so it's, it's hard to be, you know, it's hard to be consistent. You know, I can definitely practice those things over the sure, summer, sure, sure. consistency, yeah. um, predictability. And really the, the big idea I'm taking away mm-hmm. is that setting the vision in my own personal sphere. Mm-hmm. If, I, if, if, if I can set the vision and manage that vision in my own personal sphere, that's going to carry over into my professional sphere as well. The worst thing you can do is is stifle the movement that's already there, right? So when you really get deep into decision architecture, to take your son as the example, if he's going to decide to go down the stairs, what's the parameters that you can both live with, right? So <laughs> you start right. to say, okay. Try you know not to mean? hit the like, wall at the bottom well, of the stairs. Right, exactly. Or would a big pillow at the bottom maybe help both parties stay safe? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if sliding is what he's after, we make a plan of, all right, here's here's where you can slide safely and, and maybe it's outside or something. So you start to allow the one behavior, but you then give decisions that allow for what you want right? So you want him to be safe and happy. And what he wants is to slide and be cool with you, right? So giving giving decisions that allow you to be okay, but he gets what he is, his perception of, of what he wants to get away with. That's that decision architecture. And a quick translation to school admin, we, we're doing a project where we're working with school administrators to adopt digital curriculum. And so it's helping teachers see the value, that's one, and the branding. But subtle work to your son's example is giving teachers decisions and options. Would you like to leverage this digital curriculum everywhere, all over, or do you want to try it in math once a week, right? And the buy-in, the good news there is they, they also save time because they don't have to write lesson plans for that day, right? And that's where that change agent can be like, it's so great. <laughs> I don't have to write a lesson plan twice a week, you know. So it's little things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's another you got thing. got me I, going there. It's, I'm excited about this time. Uh, it's, it's perfect. I'm excited too. I mean, I, I think there's another link there. The, the this mm-hmm. idea of compromise. We compromise all the time with our with our with mm-hmm. our spouse, with our with our children, with our friends. How how good are we at that? How how good are we at right. um, actually collaborating and and 
and uh, we can do that. You know, maybe this summer, you know, I have a group that wants a group of friends that wants to go do this and I'm not really mm-hmm. into it and I'm working on my compromising skills and I and I just kind of take the plunge and go with the flow. I mean, I think it's fantastic ideas that, that I can um, be a part of over mm-hmm. the summer that are going to impact my professional life moving forward. Daryl, I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate uh, all the great insights that you've shared. Thanks for coming on. David, thanks for having me. This is fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adventum Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can support our show by subscribing and leaving a review. If you're looking for more Adventum resources, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn under the handle at Adventum. Stay tuned for more episodes, and until then, stay well.